Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 4 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. What a gorgeous afternoon it is. It is BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Also, at about 8 o'clock tonight, it's time! Finally, we can get rid of the, uh, the you know, the the hype, the hype train of uh, Mayweather McGregor. I know there's a lot of people, whatever, but people keep, you know, saying the same things over and over again. Oh, who cares? It's a money grab. Y'all are watching tonight. I don't even, I, I know you're watching tonight, whether it's legally, illegally, whatever. You are watching that fight. I'm excited to see it. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that towards the end of the program. And uh, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton here along with us as well. James, how are you feeling today, buddy? John, I will absolutely not legally be watching the fight tonight. <laughs> yes, I can say that. Of course. BLG, what's happening, man? I'm going to fight both of you guys. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have uh, we're going to have our own blogger radio fight right here. You know, people will pay $0 oh, for it. Oh, God. It'll be exciting. It'll be I free f- on Periscope. BLG is a lot bigger than us, John. <laughs> it's I'm true. A little nervous But two this. on one, you know, I think we're, I like our chances true. here. Uh, I Look also out. am not to changing my mind on the Eagles' chances uh, this season either. I don't think the preseason has done anything for me, but pretty much confirm what this team is right now. I've felt that it's a nine-win football team. Pretty much staying there, you know. Again, I think Alshon Jeffrey, and I'll even include Torrey Smith in there, gives you two wins on this football team. I, there's a lot to go through with, you know, the running backs, how the offensive line is going to perform. But overall, I don't think these guys have really changed my mind on much of anything unless, you know, the defense really kind of becomes towards the elite level. 
and to get into that 10-win column, which is, I think, what they're going to have to do here. But I don't know. Preseason changed your mind at all here, James? Uh, No. I I think if there were one thing in the preseason that changed my mind the most, it would be not something that happened on the field, but the acquisition of Ronald Darby. I think if you're looking at where we stood prior to the preseason to now, that clearly, I think, the biggest change or upgrade to the roster and and could make a, a big difference in this division. I think if I were more bullish, and I'm I'm similar to where I was before, maybe slightly a little more bullish, and I, it's not as much because of what we've seen with the Eagles, Brandon, but more so all the things that have happened in the NFC since, but from Zeke and the whole Cowboys thing, and of course the Beckham uh, ankle and and just the Giants offensive line looking just as bad as we expected it to so far. Uh, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I, I I'm not like way more uh, bullish, but but slightly. My opinion hasn't changed a lot, but that's a good thing because it hasn't gone down at all. And you know what would have caused it to go down and what didn't happen? Injuries. Yep. That's literally the most important thing about the preseason, too. You, you're so, you just saw it last night, I'm, as I'm sure you'll love to talk about it later, James. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, Julian Edelman goes down. Yep. Uh, Spencer Ware gets hurt. Yeah, like PCL with him. Yeah, it's Odell not good. Beckham almost got really hurt yeah. on Monday. That could have been a lot worse. The fact that the Eagles made it through preseason without any kind of, and training camp and the whole offseason really, without any kind of major injury to the starters is the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, and, and I that's why I really like the call of, you know, they were supposed to play two quarters, maybe even three. They scored two touchdowns. Like, all right, what else do you want to see right now? I mean, you saw Torrey Smith and you saw Alshon Jeffrey do what they do best, take the top off the defense, really hit them hard on a hard slant. I thought Wentz looked good in some parts. I thought he looked okay in others. It, good enough for me. Move on and get ready for the regular season. you got two full weeks of practice. Everybody's healthy. Has your mind changed at all with this team? A couple of people already chiming in on the Twitter.com. You can find us there at BGN underscore radio. Tim Westcott says better because Wentz is playing well and everything else is secondary. And Tim, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is the the link to the playoffs is Carson Wentz. That's really it. We can talk about Ronald Darby, and trust me, we'll get into the very minutia of the running back arguments. And suddenly, Corey Clement has become Barry Sanders all <laughs> over again. And, and, and you know, the, I, I, like I said, there's going to be arguments about the fourth running back for the next two weeks. And man, oh man, is that Jets game going to be? Whew, I I'm just going to say boring, I guess, because man, I mean, it's the, it, it's not it's not the Eagles' fault. The Jets' fourth string starters against all these guys that are coming in here. Oh my God, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a wonderful chore. But um, I think between Carson Wentz, the wide receivers, and as much as we're going to argue about those things, teams, the Eagles have two NFL wide receivers on this football team. Oh, two John, of them. It's so exciting. First and foremost, that Jets game. Just to, you know, I think it might be the worst game in the history of organized football is my guess when you look at the <laughs> rosters we'll be playing. And uh, I haven't heard the Clement Barry Sanders thing. I've only heard Walter Payton, but Ma- Sanders makes sense. Bo Jackson, you as know, well. somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah, you know, all those names. Clement, obviously better, but still in, in the same type of uh Have we gotten there. verification whether it's Clement or cl- Clement? It's Clement. It's Clement. If I just said it wrong, I apologize. Okay, I just said, no. It's Corey I, Clement, for okay, sure. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, look, I mean, and I said, we said this on the uh, the podcast, you can check, all our stuff out at BGN underscore radio. Um, just seeing the, the touchdown to Jeffrey and the way he just snatches the ball out of the air with his hands, not <laughs> letting the ball hit his pads or whatever. You know, he goes and gets it and you just see the, the what it's like to have a professional talented receiver here. And of course with Smith, I mean, 
you know, it's been a while since we've seen someone be able to take the top off a of defense, even if, you know, underthrow and all that, you know, the Wentz haters will come out. It's barely um, underthrow. Yeah, it's like, get over it. Either way, Smith, you know, blew past the defense, and whether a miscommunication or not, certainly showed that burst. So uh, I think for me, BLG, uh, you know, and, and again, I'm fine with them pulling them. I would have been fine if he kept the O-line in a little longer because they didn't look great. But you definitely take Wentz out there. But BLG, I mean, I think the fact that we have two legitimate NFL quality receivers here is probably the most important difference from last season. The Torrey Smith thing is especially encouraging because like with Alshon, look, we know he's really good. Yeah. Like, we don't need to see anything. We ne- We needed to see something from Torrey because he hasn't had a couple of good years here in San Francisco. You know, he was really good in Baltimore, but he kind of struggled. We were all kind of wondering, okay, is Torrey Smith actually going to be good anymore? Uh, back when there were those trade rumors last offseason, I pointed out that out of 119 wide receivers ranked by both, I think pretty much both pro football focus and football outsiders, Torrey Smith was like the only guy ranked lower than Nelson Aguilar, which is like very, of course, very funny. And I, and I was still willing to give up a fourth round. Of yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we know those rankings, you know, like they don't mean everything. We know Torrey Smith has at least. They almost shown... mean nothing, BLG. They oh, almost mean nothing. It's funny how that works. Oh, speaking of Torrey Smith, did you guys see that pass that Carson Wentz threw to him? Did you see all of the air yards? Oh, that, yes, that I did. On there? I did. It's amazing because I thought he just likes to check down even when guys are wide open, running wide open, you know, down the down the field. And listen, like, even on the Alshon touchdown, like, that's what you wanted to see from Carson Wentz. You wanted to see, here you go, Nelson, psych, draw that guy over, draw the safety over, draw Byron Maxwell over, and, you know, just wait, and good protection by the offensive line during that series. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm getting more, I don't, I don't want to say more excited, I think I'm getting more comfortable with Carson Wentz, the quarterback, even though, yeah, sure. I mean, listen, he's going to have those awkward, inaccurate high throws towards the sideline. There's going to be mistakes that are still going to be made there. His mechanics will always not be perfect. And that's the thing that I, you know, and it doesn't matter who the QB is. We are constantly looking for a perfect quarterback. I think when most of us as fans, as analysts, as fan analysts, as whatever you want to call them, we're looking for perfection on, on the, with a lot of these guys. And it, not even in the QB position. And that's what kind of like leads us into, you know, a lot of these different arguments here. But Carson Wentz, the quarterback, looks really comfortable right there in year two right now. Yeah, I think the thing that, that has really stood out to me so far is the pocket awareness. You know, just the way he's kind of felt the rush, the way he's obviously shown some real athleticism getting away from some would-be tacklers as the O-line has not necessarily prevented it that well. Um, I, it's huge. And also, John, you were just mentioning the mechanics. It's like... Uh, this kid spent the entire offseason, you know, working with this guy, Adam Dato, changing his mechanics, you know, to expect him to come back and enter live game action and be able to just repeat everything he just learned in one offseason perfectly, immediately, and do it all right all the time is crazy. No one can do that. You know, it's going to take time for this to become habit for him, for him to always, you know, do his mechanics in the correct way as opposed to falling back into those old habits that he had before. So, I'm willing to give him time. I think what we've seen so far, and and let me know if you guys agree, BLG, like uh, for me, seeing the pocket awareness, the ability to, you know, make plays under pressure and just to, you know, find the open guy has been impressive. That throw to uh, Ertz was really awesome. Yeah, Yeah. and a great catch too. Trips, and if you you look back at that play, Carson Wentz throws it and like immediately, because the way his momentum is taking him, as I'm replicating in studio right now. (laughs) In his chair, it's beautiful. This is great radio too. He ends up facing away from 
uh, with the pass he threw. So it's just like he does stuff like that, and you almost see that Favre in him. Like you see that, like that's who he really looked up to. You see that, like not every quarterback can do that. Yep. Like those, there are certain things that Carson Wentz can do that are very special. He did it again where Cameron Wake's bearing down on him. Carson Wentz just puts his foot on the his foot on the or sorry his hand on the ground and just like dodges under the sack. Yeah. Like that's incredible. I think there's a big disconnect with Carson Wentz. Obviously, when we see the people talking about the air yards and all the criticism of him, draft Twitter hating him. But it's so weird to me because you you think about that, but then you look at this ESPN article that comes out earlier this week with the quarterback rankings, and you have unnamed NFL GMs, head coaches, coordinators, whatever you name it. And they're raving about this guy. They're in, and it's who knows? Like they could be wrong about him. I'm not saying that means they're. And we could be wrong right. too. Like, sure, yeah, absolutely. But that's not nothing. You know what I mean? There's people who really like this guy, really believe in him. Scott McClellan, McClellan That's what I was yeah, about to say. The yeah. Former Washington GM said if he could have any quarterback in the league, any young quarterback, he would take Carson Wentz. And it's funny because Draft Twitter really likes that guy. And for him to say that, I wonder how they feel about it. Oh, what are they going to do? But no, it's a great. I was going to mention the McLuhan thing too, but just the concept of this like chasm between how some people, highly respected, talented, smart NFL minds view him, and then other people who, you know, some highly respected, talented minds as well, some not, um, view him as well. I think it's so strange, like where there is such a divergent, you know, opinions on each Mm -hmm. side. And see, I. Not to disagree with one of the greatest uh, talent scout uh, generations of, I don't know, of all time with Washington. <laughs> I, I like that, you know, Wentz is in his mouth, obviously, and that's that's a good thing to hear, especially with all the other GMs and, and coaches in this league, too. It, but sorry, y'all. I mean, like, if, if you're going to offer me Winston or Mariota to take over a franchise, I'm probably still going to lean that way moving forward. You know, that's just, it's if yeah. we're talking about young quarterbacks. I can understand that. Like those two guys to me are are kind of still the bee's knees, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Wentz is that far off from that. So, I uh, I think it's more comfortable and honestly, I just think the the other thing that really stuck out to me in that kind of Favre mentality, maybe it's just because it's his second year. You, you got to stop holding off on the ball, yes. man. Like just get move that's the hardest part I think for rookie quarterbacks. Move on to the next play. Yes. Stop trying to make plays all the time. I think you saw that in the second preseason game as well, where you're just looking at it. He's like, nope, uh, you know, Torrey Smith's open, but I want Alshon Jeffrey who's farther down the field. I want to make that big play. Yes. Just get to the next play. Get yes. to the next play and stop trying to do too much because if you combine those two things together where he's got that, you know, elusiveness, he can make plays in hell when he was tripping and fell over and threw it to Zach Hurts real yep. quick. You want all that stuff. We know you can extend it. If it's not there, you're not going to win every play. It's just impossible to do. And uh, that's uh, that's one of the, you know, the, the growing process of Carson Wentz here. 888-729-9494. Are you feeling better, worse, the same after three preseason games? And since it is, since it is the busiest weekend of fantasy draft I mean, we should only take some fantasy football yes. questions too, right? If you have any, you know, you're going back and forth between wide receiver three and RB two. And I know there's some tough decisions to be made this weekend as uh, the WIP draft, which by the way, uh, way too early. And just uh, to update, it is official now. Ian Rappaport saying the Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman does in fact have a torn ACL per the MRI and this season is over. It's so, awesome because I took him in the fifth round. So well, that PPR league, it was a great pick and, 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 you know. 
Come on. And we hope that uh, Julian Edelman recovers yes, nicely. Much, much more worried I'm about sure, Julian Edelman than me, but still. Sure he can cry into his Super Bowl rings and be <laughs> and fine. And his new contract, too. Yeah. But uh, skyrocket on Brandon Cooks in your ADP. Yeah. And Chris Hogan as Chris a nice, Hogan, too. Uh, yeah. Who, uh, yeah, they have the, the nicest chemistry of any former lacrosse uh, <laughs> player to Hall of Famer, Chris Hogan. Let's go to Dennis in Springfield. Dennis, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, good afternoon, fellas. Uh, I hear the uh, like the, the the cynicism and the sarcasm about Corey Clement. You know, is he the next Walter Payton and Emmitt Smith? <laughs> yeah. And ha 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 yeah. ha. We we don't need him to be that. All you need him to be is better than Pumphrey, and he is. Mm-hmm. And and I think if the if the roles were reversed and Clement was the fourth round pick and Pumphrey was the free agent, oh yeah, we'd notice. It, 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 yeah. it'd, it'd be a done deal. Clement would make this team. Yeah, in a second. Uh, you know, I don't, Dennis. I don't disagree at all. Corey is is throughout practice, throughout preseason, has performed way better than Donnell Pumphrey, and I don't, I don't disagree. And I'm definitely not talking to you when we're being that sarcastic. I just there are there are some people that go, you know, w- oh, yeah, way, way too far. Like like every year with with a with a draft pick or oh, a free agent, we go overboard. But 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 my thing with Clement is, if 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 uh, Legarrette Blunt turns out to be as bad as he looked in the preseason, if he's done, you want Clement to take his spot, him or Smallwood. You don't want – Pumphrey's not going to take his spot. No. He's not going to do what, what Blunt does. No, but you can also get away with probably Corey being on the practice squad, and if Blunt does get hurt, then you can activate him and come up into that role and be part of that. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, everybody thinks it's it's real easy, Dennis, and this is this is how it's going to be. And obviously we've, we've you know, shot the uh, Donnell Pumphrey – to IR to death theory on that. And I, I just don't think that there, there will be teams that'll pick up Donnell Pumphrey. There won't be teams that'll pick up Corey Clement. I, and that's just, the, that's just the reality of it. Oh, I, I think, I think, I don't think Clement would make the practice squad. I think somebody would pick him up. Well, it'll be interesting, Dennis, and we appreciate the call. Well, yeah, let's, let's get into that a little bit before we hit the break here, guys. I mean, um, it's, it's all we've talked about this week, but you know, it's it, BLG. I want to come to you first because we had this discussion a little bit. It's not like his numbers are mind blowingly so good. Is he had about what a three point one, three point six yards per carry throughout the preseason so I, far? It's around there a little bit. Here's my thing with Corey Clement. I think. Well, here's my question to you: What does he do well? No, nothing. What he, he that's what well? I'm saying. Like when, like, when Deuce Staley says you're a Chevy or whatever he said, yeah. that's what he is. He's like, I think he's just you're a guy, Chevy. which is fine. I'm not, it's not like I'm saying he sucks. I'm just saying like, he's fine. I, that's, and that's why I don't think anyone is going to pick him up because like, why is someone going to be, so if someone picks him up and you're not able to get him on your practice squad, it's because also they have to cut someone to add Corey Clement. Why is some, another team cutting anyone to add Corey Clement? Like, what is he doing so well that they're like, Man, we got to bring in this guy. I think I'm fine with the Eagles keeping Corey Clement. I don't mind. I think that's fine. But I just don't think he's like this must-have player. I don't think he's doing anything exceptionally well. I think he's fine. Yeah, and he's doing it against second and third teamers. It's not like we're seeing him shred up first-team defenses. And like you said, what he's doing is not necessarily groundbreaking stuff. It's just better than... Donald Those Pumphrey guys are dime like, a dozen in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Ex- there's a look, and and I lo- I actually was when they. Signed him. I liked him. I liked him sure. at Wisconsin. I was a fan of Corey Clement. But there's a reason he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There have been undrafted free agents who've been great players in the NFL. But uh, in terms of, like, the way other teams perceive his value, 
you know, I just don't I don't see it being something where, like you said, they're going to cut one of their guys to go get him, especially when there probably will be other running backs on the market. I mean, there's a good chance a guy like Deion Lewis gets cut. I know a different type of back, but there are going to be other running backs on the market. too. Uh, Non-Eagles note is this is just breaking right now uh, for all of the uh, Nerlens Noel truthers. Ooh. He has officially signed his qualifying offer a one year. Anybody want to guess? One year. 4.1 Oh, you cheater. $4.1 <laughs> million. No dollars Fire agent, sign bro. To the, well, he did that twice already. Yeah, again. So, interesting. Wow. Interesting little Sixers, Sixer, former Sixers. So, notes, not a max extension is what you're not saying. Not a max. Okay, the got $17 it, got million dollars that was out there was hogwash, according to <laughs> to most there. So, Great yeah, use of hogwash sure, there, pretty, by the way. Pretty sure he would have signed on that. We'll get into some running backs plus. If you have fantasy questions, I know a lot of us are drafting tomorrow or tonight. I certainly am. Get those in there as well. 888-729-9494. It is BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's a dance party Saturday afternoon on BGN Radio. As James is, man, he's got the more was, hips than I am I'm used to seeing in this studio. That was an awful dance. Doing, whatever that was. <laughs> John Barchard, Brandon Gatton, James Seltzer in with you uh, until 3 o'clock. It's a gorgeous day to talk about a little bit of football right here on BGN Radio. Now, we were, you know, we were getting into the running backs. And I, it actually, to me, the one thing we haven't talked about most this preseason has been Doug Peterson. Now, I know that there are some that are... Jumping right on the bandwagon of, uh, oh, yeah, just look at all these outside runs and, like, you know, <laughs> criticizing the play calling a precinct. It's not really what it's there for. But I will say, I don't think Doug has gotten enough credit for being as creative as he has been thus far and, and as creative as you can be in preseason. And I think there there was some interesting things that he is doing in the running game. I think the passing concepts are there. And it also gets me to the point where, I don't really think you can call what he's running a West Coast offense. There's concepts in it, and sure, like there's there's got to be branches of West Coast that are always going to be integrated in the game somehow because it's Bill Walsh. I mean, you know, it's 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 not going anywhere. I, there are a lot of spread concepts. There are a lot of different creative counterplays that I noticed in this last preseason game. I can't remember the last time that I've seen tackle tight end pull to the left side and then also have it be a counterplay going back to the right, and there's Corey Clement wide open for a touchdown. You know, like, I think Doug Peterson's offense is fun and creative, and it doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, no, look, uh, I'm always one for bashing Doug Peterson. Yeah. But I certainly am not bashing him for anything in the preseason. I think that is outrageous and crazy. Uh, And, look, as far as it goes, my issues with Peterson are far more, um, you know, decisions and situations, stubbornness after situations, you know, that type of stuff more so than the actual offense itself. I I think the offense we saw at times last year can be very creative. And, and what we've seen in the preseason has been creative. You give him weapons. I do think John, there is the potential there. I think that that is probably in my mind, the strongest point in favor for Peterson and a very important thing. I just, again, my issue is him as a, as a head coach overall and the ability to, all the plays and do this and do that and do everything all at once. And until he puts it together, I'm not going to believe, but 
I absolutely agree with you in terms of a play caller. I think um, I think he might be a bit underrated. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And I'm, I have the same type of feelings that James does for the most part. Is like the overall aspect of it. I'm still not sure about, but I think that it's again we get in that conversation where it's it's good enough if that guy can call those certain plays. He's got enough talent around him to kind of make up for those overall mistakes. Um, I've been I've been pretty impressed with what they're rolling out at least from an offensive standpoint and offensive setup here. In a way, Doug Peterson isn't very creative at all because he's just doing what Andy Reid is doing. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> always lean, he's not, it's not the same exact thing, but he's leaning on what Andy Reid is doing in Kansas City. And if you've watched the Chiefs, which I, you know, I'm guessing a lot of people haven't here, uh, at least since Andy's been there recently, the offense is a lot more creative than it was when Andy was in Philly and Marty was here, and there was those kind of influences. I think Andy Reid's kind of invented, reinvented himself a little bit. He brought in Chris Salt. Um, like, there's a pistol involved. There's spread concepts. It's a lot more creative than it's a lot more modernized than the old Andy Reid offenses that we were used to. So Doug was there for a couple of years. He learned under Andy, and I think he's brought some of that to Philly. And that's why I agree with you guys when we say. I don't think the play calling is the big problem in terms of creativity. I don't think we've ever – that's been the problem. Last year, you know, it was all about the talent. They didn't have that. And now that he has the guys, now we'll really get to see what he can do. Yeah, no question that that we can really judge him legitimately now. And and to your point, not just Andy, but, you know, one of the things that I did like about Peterson when they brought him in, and granted there weren't a ton when they brought him in, but, um, you know, he really has – been a part of a lot of great offenses. He's played with a lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of great head coaches, a lot of great offensive minds. Yep. So you figure, you know, you hope that that type of stuff, John, is going to seep through over the years. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the seeping through is the <laughs> might, might be the might be the key words there. Yeah, I, I think that there's uh, a, a lot of different stuff that they have uh, have been able to pull off and run, and he's been able to execute. And that's why I, I don't know. That's why I think the, the discussion is still a little silly on. Even though he said it, oh, I battled back and forth of whether or not I'm going to call the plays ultimately. It's not you're taking away his biggest strength and putting it <laughs> to the wasteland, you know. And and now you want him to be like, hey, by the way, now you have to get better at managing the the overall game. Lean on your strength and just blow the crap out of it. Like that's how you become successful. You wouldn't do that to your offense if it was the weaker part and and just be like, yeah, we're going to rely on the weaker part of our. <laughs> of our team and we're just going to, you know, go to poo-poo our defense or whatever kind of happens through there. But I do think, I don't know if that's going to make, like how much does Doug Peterson count in the win total for this season in your mind? We heard last season that it's like, oh, he cost the Eagles this amount of games or that game or there's three other situations that I can think of. You may or may not be right, but uh, do you think that that might be the the other... Equilibrium yeah, yeah, that no, makes them a ten win team versus it's a, it's a nine win a, it's team. It's a great point. Like, does how much does it tip the scales the other way in terms of if you're, you know, my worries and others' worries about Peterson are correct? It's a great point, John, and and I think it would have to. I mean, it, it of course begs the question: What the hell does Frank Reich do, and why is he here? But that I guess is a whole separate issue. Makes here. bad running games wherever <laughs> where he goes. I don't know I mean, what yeah. is happening with that. But um, I do think that um, I do think that you have a really good point with the sense that. And and I have been one to say like you know I don't I didn't like the concept that he was calling plays because I wanted him to focus on the whole you know kit and caboodle as head coach. But I think you're right, John. I think what we're seeing from him is that that is where he is probably strongest, where he is most interesting as a head coach. 
and, and thus, I think it, it probably is silly to take it away from him. I just want to make sure that there are, you know, practices in place to help him with the other stuff in game, whether it's, you know, assigning someone to help make, uh, you know, uh, replay decisions or this or that or whatever, just something to help him with the other stuff. Hey, uh, we have uh, a, a visitor from uh, Bleeding Green Nation. Dot com right now. The one and the only Mr. Sean Cottrell, also from inside the pylon, oh! who, who seems to be running through a tunnel of wind. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. How are you? Pretty good. I had to call in. I heard you guys talking about Pumphrey and Clement, two of my um, hot topics, so I had to call in and, and give, give some thoughts. Excellent. What, uh, yeah, what are your, uh, what, who, which one are you defending, I guess we should say? Oddly enough, I think both. I think I've I've always liked Clement. You know, I I actually wrote an article on him a while ago. Um, I liked him, but you guys are right. I liked him as a guy, Um, not not anything more than that. But that's what we needed at the time, right? We didn't have Blunt at the time. We needed somebody who could actually take those carries and you know pick up four yards when you need them to. Um, But I think I, I think we're just getting too excited about him, and I think we need to just relax because at the end of the day, he's done a good job, but he's. You know, there's probably like 20 other guys out there in the league right now that could probably do something similar. And then on the on the Pumphrey side, I I, I loved him pre-draft, and he's he's obviously he's been disappointing in, in what he's shown so far. But I I also think he hasn't had the opportunity to show as much. His reps have been limited, and probably for for a reason, right? But, well, I mean, Corey's um, Corey's getting the same reps as Corey, man. That's the only thing I'd say. You know, it's yeah, I, I guess it's just like. The blocking's been bad. Um, you know, it, it, he's a space player, and he hasn't really had space to play. And granted, he has in the, in the limited time he's had, he hasn't he hasn't shown what we thought he would. So, but I just think I don't know. I think we need to relax a little bit on on Pumphrey. Just give yeah, a, and Sean, I think so. I think so too. But I also think like they don't have time. You know, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to. You got to make a decision. On one, one or one or two of these guys, you know, instantly. I don't even know if, you know, I, who knows? They might surprise us all. Not even keep four running backs on yeah. the active roster. Yeah. Like I, I have no think idea. More likely that than keep five. Like I've heard some oh, people yeah, say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That which is which is kind of crazy. And I, I just don't expect like, I, I here's here's the hottest take of them all. Uh-huh. I don't think either one of them are that great. How about that? I don't think either running back is that great. And we're going to fight over. How about that? We're fighting over part-time players. Yeah. That's it. I mean, honestly, Donnell Pumphrey, God bless him, is and is at his ceiling there. And, Sean, we appreciate the call, buddy, and we'll definitely check in with him. You can check all his articles along with BLG on BleedingGreenNation.com. But either one of these guys are not good. They're not great. And we're trying to make it out like, ooh, he's, oh, you can't lose this. Yeah, you can. You can actually lose both of them and still be okay. Great friend of the show, John Stolness, had a great line on Twitter. He's like, this is like arguing about Brock Stassi and Cam Perkins. <laughs> he's like, what are we talking about here? And he's dead right. Like, like we talked about on the podcast, there's a very good to almost definite chance that whoever either one of the two is who makes the roster, they're going to be inactive every single week. But here's the frustrating thing about that. It was, and this is where it comes in with me, especially again, it was such a good running back class. Yes. You traded up. You didn't just, you weren't, it wasn't like you just made, you trade, you really wanted this guy. And now like, he's not even going to be on the active roster. And he, and not only that, like I know Sean, to Sean's point, yes, maybe he hasn't had the most chances to succeed in the preseason games, but we've watched him in practice and I'm not seeing anything like special there. I'm not seeing anything like, Oh wow. I can see why he was a fourth round pick. Like it's fine. But like, I, I just don't get why there was such a big appeal 
to this guy for the Eagles to to trade that much. I think to get off on a little tangent here, that two number two thirty, that's the pick they traded up for him. Like some of those guys who were drafted after that pick in the seventh round, and I know John's gonna hate me for saying this, but like Chris Carson for the Seahawks. <laughs> no, no, I I, like, I don't hate you. He's I'm having just saying, a great game, and it's just yeah. like what are CJ we doing? CJ Prosites, like all those guys. They, they, somehow everyone in the league can find a really great running back late. And listen. We talked throughout the entire draft process about Joe Douglas doing the same thing with Howard in Chicago and with a bunch of other guys that he's dealt with in Baltimore. And sometimes you just miss. Sometimes, and that's okay. It's okay to miss. I'd rather you miss in the fourth round than the first. Yeah, well, and then the most frustrating part is when you just look at the guys who went, like, right after. I mean, Jamal Williams, two picks after <sighs> Pumphrey. Marlon Mack, like, 10 to 15 picks after. And, I, you know, I'm not saying either of those guys are going to be stars, but I'm certainly more bullish about both of them after the preseason than I'm about Pumphrey. Yeah, I, I just, you know, and look, there's going to be the other the other thing to be a little fair is the those for most people, cornerback wide receiver were one, two on the list and running back was third. Now, if you want to make it so, well, they could have waited on Matt Collins, sure, but based on what he's it's done so like far, pick, yeah. like you you don't want to wait on that. If you were to miss out on a guy like Matt Collins, then you would just reverse it and you'd be like, well, we have Tariq Cohen, but we man, we could have used that extra wide receiver or whatever to replace Jordan Matthews who they eventually traded and went in with this thing. Uh, or if they just didn't pick him at all and you just had Shelton Gibson, what would be our reaction now? Yeah. You know, they didn't draft any good wide receivers. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you, 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 you pooched away your, your only uh, thousand yard, whatever. The Jordan Matthews thing is over. But... Um, I, I just think it's it's this is why it's tough in a team that needs so many different things. And you know, Vince Quinn has said this a lot. Sometimes you got to pick a thing that's going to suck. And hey, it's probably going to be the running backs this year. We'll get into more of that. It is John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Gowton, right here on BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP ninety four WIP FM HD one Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. John Barcher, Brandon Gowton, James Seltzer. Jack Fritz now producing behind the glass. A big thank you. Did I say glass or grass? I don't know. I said it right. I think you said it right. Okay. Want to thanks to uh, didn't happen to uh, Ben Livingston who is uh, who had to come in on a Saturday to listen to us rip and rap about the Eagles. Well, you've been here since six o'clock in the morning. He's not the only one. Full time's working all the time. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Right here in uh, Sports Radio WIP. Uh, yeah, so I, I think there is a uh, – we got a question also in, and you can uh, – you if you're out there and you don't have time to call in at 888-729-9494, you can always hit us up on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio. And by the way, if you haven't heard by now, we have gone into a full daily podcast for the season, Monday through Friday. There will be Eagles content up, up there every single week. In fact, Jack Fritz has got a freshly new polished counterpoint podcast which is uh, it takes uh, Eagles Twitter and makes it comes alive. And uh, it, uh, it also gets into the ridiculousness of Eagles fandom, which is why it's one of my favorite shows on there. So uh, every uh, every week you're, you're going to hear a bunch of uh, Eagles content. Teron Davenport, Barrett Brooks have the Next Level podcast where they really break things down and you can hear our beautiful three voices at any time uh, during the week there. But this is, uh, this is kind of an interesting question. Derek Barnett stuck up or down after... Thursday. And look, he only played 17 snaps and sure there was no pressures, there's no hurries and everybody's going, nah, that was your first look against him against the real ones. Just Brandon Graham wasn't out there. I actually think his stock went up 
a little higher despite not making any big, huge splash plays. Because after 17 snaps, they go, you're way too valuable. Get off the field. And, I mean, like, he still hustles, man. Even on the the Ajayi, you know, 35-yard run, he was in on the tackle down the field there. He never stopped running. Yeah, no, I think that's the the biggest takeaway for me. I already, as we have talked about a lot, I think we were all very, uh, you know, felt very good about his potential to have, you know, moves to go, like be ready from a, a skill set standpoint. I think the motor is the thing that really just is so impressive. You watch this kid play, not a single, it's such a cliche, but he doesn't take a play off like ever. <laughs> um, so, John, I, I agree. I actually was going to say it didn't change. I would say the stock the same. But you make a great point. I think the small fact uptick. That, yeah, yeah, I think I think if I had to go one BLG, I think if I had to go one way or the other, I'd go slight uptick. The thing with players who get that rep of you know they hustle and great effort, usually you're like, oh man, not very good. Means you don't finish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not, good. not that talented usually. Conversely, there's some guys who are super talented that don't give great effort because they don't feel like they have to try because they're just really good. Derek Parnett does both, and that's part of why he is a special player. Also, only twenty one. 21 years old, man. <laughs> man, can't wait for him to kind of grow and develop young and get to his Young enough to be there. my child, yeah. literally. Imagine if he's here now. <laughs> young enough to, really? Is that possible? 30, I'm 36 in a month, so. Yeah, at 14, 15, yeah. Man, Very look at possible. You, wanting to be a young dad. Maybe I am his father, <laughs> if we thought about that. It's, uh, yeah, let's get the paternity <laughs> test in here immediately. Let's go to Christopher. Well, because both of you have such high motors. Yes, Christopher exactly. in well Mount Airy, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, fellas. What's happening, man? Hey, man, listen. I just wanted to say this defense is looking crazy. Michael Kendricks is playing out of his mind. And just in case, FYI, nobody is really paying attention, Tim Jernigan on this defense is opening up for a lot of pressure up that middle. Hasn't been talked I about enough, it. I don't think, this this offseason, to be honest. Agreed. Yes, yes. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say one other thing, and then I'm going to get out the way. I think the, the, the acquisition of Darby brings a certain swag to the cornerback position. He's one of the only cornerbacks I've seen on this team in the last six, seven years that has the balls, if I can say so, to go up, actually turn around and look for the ball and go for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, Chris. And that's like... You know, even if he doesn't get there, as you saw against Devontae Parker, Christopher, we appreciate the phone call as always, buddy. Uh, he's everywhere. You know, he's the the closing speed is definitely not a joke, and that's that's part of what you saw in Buffalo. And you also saw what cost him a lot of balls in Buffalo as well last year. And you saw, yeah, you saw both sides of him, which I think was important for people to see. Yeah, I don't know if it's cojones or whatever as much as technique. Like, he's just a good cornerback, and he knows to look back for the ball, and he plays the ball well. But, John, the biggest thing we've seen, I think, is that closing speed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's so impressive to see a cornerback who can make up for mistakes the way he can. And, and, you know, as far as otherwise, I don't know if the swag has been an issue. I think we've got a certain finger wagger who's had no problem <laughs> with the swag here, right? Yeah, and, it's and again, it's a perfect compliment to that side of the field. Really, whoever they put there, if it's eventually Razul Douglas, if it stays as, as Jalen Mills, uh, you know, next year with Sidney Jones, man, if you've got like, I, this is, I know because we can't see it that we won't believe it. But if you put Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby on both sides, I'm talking about 
yo, we need to we need to have a conversation about who might be the best tandems in the league potential. Potential with okay, a safety not saying, tandem yeah. that's already there. Too. Yes. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. Like and the, the defensive line. Yeah. It, it, oh wow. It, it becomes it becomes you're you're starting to drool a little bit because yeah. listen, I was just as high as everyone else was about Sidney Jones. Some people had him one, some people had him two. I don't care. That dude can play, and I hope everything with the injury stays practically the same because that, that, my friends, oh, yeah. Uh, turn that up a little bit. Yeah, come yes. on. Get in there. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> so long. And if you feel yeah. I got to sugar. Oh, yeah, what? baby. That is clutch. That my is clutch. My man can sing a listen, little Listen, bit. listen, listen. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, I, I think there is... Yeah, I mean, like, you should, and and it's not for this year. There's going to be a lot of good potential things about this defense that we're all going to get excited about. But you guys are right. You pair those guys together. Now you have two playmakers on both sides, and you have two playmakers behind them, and your rotation looks pretty good. And I don't know what's going to happen with Chris Long or Vinny Curry or anything into the next year, and maybe you're you're going fishing for more pass rushers next season. But uh, it's climbing. It's slowly getting to a special defense. Yeah, well, first of all, that was awesome. <laughs> that was yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but you yeah, know, look, uh, uh, we give Howie credit when he deserves it, and we'll we'll rip him when he deserves it. But Howie said one of the things he wanted to do was build up a cornerback group that is young and can grow and is has a future here. And <laughs> I mean, you know, again, I'm like I Sidney Jones was my number one in this draft before he got hurt. Uh, he is such a good cornerback. Like I I'm so excited. I, and look, the Achilles is a real injury, but mm-hmm. he's what 20 years old. And, and you know, usually you heal better when you're younger. I'm willing to, to believe that he can feel heal fully. Uh, I think John, when people see this kid out there healthy and playing, like people are going to start to get really excited about this. And it, it, it'll make me forget about the running back situation. Honestly, you know, there, there, there will be some good running backs next year that they'll just, you know, start just picking them off. Like, take two the next yeah. year instead of one. And, you know, as as the needs get filled out, um, you know, but the, I get, yeah, because that window that window starts to look really nice. Again, I always, I'm a firm believer in the four-year, five-year window of coach, you know, quarterback combo. And, like, that lines up with everything next year. For them to be, uh, if everything goes how it's supposed to go and Jeffrey stays here, Tory doesn't look like crap. Uh, you're starting to talk about a team that's like, all right, now we can start talking about these guys as contenders rather than just making the playoffs. And hopefully that's what we see this year. Let's go to Dan in OKC. Dan, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic, my friend. What's on your mind today? Uh, I just so I had a comment about uh, Wentz. Seems like last season we talked. I heard some people talking about how it'd be nice if he would just go win a game for us from behind or something, mm-hmm. and like that would be nice, but kind of thinking about it and you know we have there's so many starting quarterbacks across the league that their first few years didn't do that I mean you think of Breeze in in San Diego he was decent but he wasn't great it took a while it took two years and even Brady like those first few years in New England he was really good but he wasn't I don't think elite statistically so I don't know I just I just hope that we we do look for improvement and he does improve but that we aren't expecting him to just go out and throw you know, 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, eight picks or something. And, you know, well, why it. is that unrealistic? Yeah, no, exactly. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen. The, you know, best season ever for an Eagles quarterback. Yeah, I think, I think if you are right around, and like the expectation, at least for me, is somewhere around, 
35 to 3,900 yards, 25 touchdowns. I thought he was about to say 35 to 39 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. No, no, no. Wow. I think if you're that and you have some kind of stat line of 25 and 13 yeah. or 25 and 11, somewhere that it's, you know, you're, you're keeping things alive. You can rely on your defense a little bit. And it, really, I mean, they're going to have, but just like we were saying, this team has to rely on Carson Wentz. That's why you went and got wide receivers. That's why you got went and got all those different weapons and probably – you know, with the running game as we've been talking about, Dan, like you, ha- this he has to be, he has to take that next step, though. Which, again, I still feel like he's doing. But yeah, you're right. I, if if you're expecting elite, forget about it because that's not what Carson Wentz is yet. Or I, and I don't even know if he reaches that level. Right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and I think he can be. I just think the expectation in year two, a guy coming out of FCS to do that, is a little is a little unrealistic. And hopefully, we don't you know stick him to that. So. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, we appreciate it, Dan. And that's where, you know, it just comes back to that. Uh, when when you're trying to, I don't know why constantly we are looking for a top five quarterback when we know those don't exist. Like, sorry, I, I'm just, I mean, they do, but the chances of landing one are next to impossible. Next to impossible. Everybody thought Andrew Luck was, and there's still some things, and there's outside factors in Indianapolis. He doesn't look like a top five guy, you know. Definitely in the top ten for sure. You could you could say right now, but you just need you need your quarterback not to screw up. Really, that's what it is. And then and then just pile on wherever else. Now, if you get lucky and he's a little bit above that, and he's eight or nine or seven, great. Then then you know then he's riding you to the promised land, and and you don't have to worry about it. But just like we we're saying, if you're building this special type of defense, if you're doing those things, then you just need to make five plays a game. Yep. To make sure that this team wins football games, and that's really if we're gonna if we're being honest with ourselves about Dak and about a lot of these younger guys and Winston and Mariota, they're all doing the same things too. Winston's still figuring out. Okay, I got to get to the next play because he's going into year three and in preseason still throwing awful balls and <laughs> and costing his his team points. And you, you, as long as you manage those situations, you're going to win football games. It's a, John, it's a great point. Winston, you know, like we talk so much about Winston his 14 interceptions last year. Jameis Winston had 13, and it was his second year in the league. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think we can sometimes get carried away with that. Mariota, a really interesting guy in the sense that he does protect the ball so well, and he does that. Yeah, he does. In what, 33 red zone touchdowns and zero interceptions? I mean, that's like an amazing. It's insane. It's an unbelievable stat. Baby, come back. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Tennessee, I think like I think they're going to be good this year, and I, it, part of it is because I believe that the supporting cast around it should be solid, and Mar and Mario's not going to make mistakes. John, I think it's a great point if you just take away a lot of the mistakes that Wentz made last last season. I mean, they could have been a nine and seven team. Yeah, I always look at it that Carson Wentz wasn't supposed to play last year. Yes. Now he did, but he wasn't supposed to. Yep. So you can't be like heading into year two of him and being like, well, he's a fin- now I expect him to be a finished product. It was never that was never the plan. It was never going to be all right. You know, we're gonna have this off season, and all of a sudden, this is gonna be him. This has best. It's gonna take some time. Still, I think we need to see. Obviously, we need to see improvement. You know, we need to see a, a jump from last year to this year. But the mistakes will still be there to some extent. He's not gonna be this perfect player. I just I do think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about him. He's looked. Really good in training camp. He had like one bad week, and it was after the Eagles traded his best friend, his BFF, Jordan Matthews. And since then, he's come back. I wasn't there at the Miami practices, but, John, you were saying he was looking great. Listen, man. Listen, man. you got to understand that there is the safety blanket <laughs> snooze fest-like <laughs> argument. There are so many safety blankets. And I'll say it right now. 
I'll just say this and come at me, okay? Fire up the fire up the engine because it's hot take time. There is nothing that Trey Burton can't do that Jordan Matthews could do. Bang! How about that? <laughs> How about that? Because there is, I mean, sure, you want to talk about he's a bigger target. Sure, he runs a little faster. Go watch the last preseason game. Go watch Mac Hollins run. Go watch Trey Burton run. And it's amazing how similar that they look running with the football as Jordan Matthews did. There are plenty of things to cover up those things. We didn't even mention Nelson Aguilar, which is interesting because didn't really get any looks uh, towards there. That's a great thing. That's a good thing. Minimize what he has to do. Go to your one and two wide receivers on this football team. I know it's a crazy concept to have a number one and a number two that you rely on, but that's a good thing moving forward. That's why they made the move in the first place. Yeah, no, and I think Trey Burton, a really interesting name there in the sense that talking about, you know, his BFF being gone, no more Jordan and stuff, but (laughs) we've heard just Wentz talk about how much he likes Burton, and you can see the chemistry between them when they're playing. He looks for Trey Burton when he's out there. John, I think we could see Trey Burton be a, significantly bigger part of this offense this season, and and I'm all for it. Yeah, I think they're, look, he also has a couple of drops like Jordan Matthews does too, Mm -hmm. but so it all all filters through there, but it just goes back to the same stuff that we were talking about earlier, BLG, where, uh, man, I mean, there is only so many things you can do against Alshon Jeffrey, and for a reference point, because I know we're not allowed to film those practice sessions, but Ronald Darby versus Devontae Parker on that 75-yard bomb, which is perfectly placed for Jay Cutler, has been done over and over again with Alshon Jeffrey versus Ronald Darby in practices. And I know you've seen that too. There's only so much you can do to cover that guy who is 6'3", 218 pounds. And sometimes you just got to go, all right, tip your cap. I mean, everybody has literally said, just put it around him and he'll catch it. He has not disproved that once this offseason. He's a beast. And I know some other people wanted to say Nelson Aguilar was the best wide receiver. ESP! <laughs> Excuse me, I had a cough. I had a cough. Excuse you, John. Um, but hey, to actually give Nelson Aguilar a little bit of credit, you know, he didn't do anything in terms of he didn't make a catch, wasn't really targeted in the Dolphins game. He did have a really good clear out on the, the dig route that uh, Carson connected with Alshon on. The defense got sucked into yep. Aguilar running down the field, and that opened up things for Alshon underneath. I'm sure... Th- the, one of the things that hasn't been talked about coming out of this game is ben, Brendan Ekstrom's favorite player, uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah. He had three receptions for 44 yards. He he actually, No Yak Zach, actually ran no after the catch. No Yak Zach, I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. A, that's one that's been going around. It's a good one. Um, yeah, so I think you have Tori on the outside. You have Alshon all of a sudden, and you have Jordan Matthews gone. I think that actually is legitimately opening up things for Zach Ertz. Yeah, I think great point. And I think I heard Ray and Glenn talk about this this morning. I think that there's a really good chance that Ertz gets significantly more targets this season. Oh, yeah. Because of that, because he is going, he is the most likely recipient of those, you know, security blanket type targets. And because it's it's the same things that we've been talking about for a while. He goes from the focus to the, oops, I forgot about him. Yep. And that's going to happen a lot with these guys. It's going to happen a lot with yep. Darren Sproles. You know, it's just Matt Collins, whatever. Nelson Aguilar, that's the whole point. Like, oh, this guy's taking the top off. Well, we have to pay attention to him because he's large and big. Ah, crap, where's Darren Sproles? <laughs> ah, you know, there he is. You know? So it's just a, that's that's the exciting part about the offense. Now, there's also the downfall of that happening, too, where it won't matter because if the offensive line is getting crushed and crumbled right. and Wentz is running around like a, a chicken with his head cut off, it's not really going to matter. And that's more important, I, I think, moving forward, too, when we're talking about a bunch of this 
is, and not to sound all Dallasy up here, but that's been part of their success. Is Absolutely, if, you, if you're yeah. able to find those guys and protect your most important thing on the field in Carson, that's what they have to do moving forward as well. Let's go to Wade and Chester real quick before you hit the break. Wade, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, man. How y'all doing? Good, Good Wade. What's up? What's happening? Hey, listen. I, I think I think Trey Burton could be the like the that uh, well known or liked player on the team if they play him in different spots like um, uh, Green Bay does with Montgomery. I throw him in the backfield, let him play some H back. Yep. Set him in front of in front of um, uh, the, the the running back. Um, flex him out. You can you can have him in that in that. Uh, what's that? That tight end position, and then when you go in motion, you put him right in that backfield, and that'll open up a lot of a lot of holes, man. And plus, if they don't bite on the run at that time, you can still bring him out the backfield on a play action fake and throw it to him in the flat or something. I think he could be a real, real big star on this team if they play him right. And Wade, that was you know I remember all the conversations when he was in Chip Kelly's offense, and he was the total Swiss Army knife and. Exactly right. I mean, that doesn't really change here, especially when we're talking about different spread concepts that are that, you know, Doug Peterson is thrown in there. Normal West Coast stuff. Yeah. Like I and again, it's it's more the effective part. It's not like he's going to come on and all of a sudden he's going to be a superstar, but he will be more effective in this offense for sure. Wade. Uh, in this in this in this division and in this league, when you can be versatile like that, you're not really looking for those splash, but you're looking for stuff that's going to work. And be like where people can't even prepare for that kind of thing. Yeah. You know That's what right. Matchup issues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's 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 going to be the oops, I forgot him. Yeah, uh, type of offense. Whoever that third option is, right there. Uh, we're going to hit a break, but this just in: the Eagles uh, waving is is beginning. Um, uh, no real surprises here. Uh, uh, Kevin Lucas, who was a guy that they brought on once, uh, I, I think that Jordan Matthews was was gone. Uh, he's been waved. Uh, Take Lover Wright, which was also another signing after that. He is also waived. And unfortunately for our good friend David Watford, who's a friend of the program, ah. uh, also waived. Hardworking kid uh, was here on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, so. he he's a, a candidate to be back on the practice squad. I yeah, no, uh, obviously no surprises there. And uh, it's going to keep uh, winding down until they get to, what is it, September 2nd? Is the, September is the 53 date? First, I believe well, actually 1st. it's right around there. It's getting close, and uh, it's um, we're I'm you know we want to see what's happening, so we'll keep you updated. We'll get into it. Nick Foles has been one of the bigger concerns that I don't think people are putting much stock into. We're going to put some stock into it right after the break, right here. BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So, uh, you know, the the backup quarterback position is probably a little bit overrated for most, but definitely not with NFL coaches. And as we've seen before with guys like A.J. Feely and Garcia and whoever kind of bridges the gap for you for a couple of games to run an offense competently, it is kind of important. And look, it's it's Carson, and I'm not saying he's got injury history, injury proneness, but he's been hurt, and he was hurt before he took his first NFL snaps in the preseason last year. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it is more of a concern, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that Nick Foles wouldn't be your QB, oh. too. Mostly because Matt McGloin and, can you know, what's his brother's be name Be careful. Again? Paul might be yeah, listening. Yeah, Paul, pipe down. Just, 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 just <laughs> relax, man. I know he's your brother. And, yeah, I know we all pile on, but literally he's a third-string quarterback. Yeah. We get it. We're not expecting much out of him. Yeah. And, and granted, I was mistakenly said that, like, oh, why can't Matt McGloin just be your backup quarterback? 
Well, now we know why. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think with, I think it's a concern, BLG, that Nick Foles is not throwing and hasn't played a preseason game yet. It's a concern on uh, multiple different fronts. First of all, you don't have a backup quarterback right now because Nick Foles keeps having this elbow injury. He's missed pretty much a month of training camp, hasn't played in a single preseason game. For this to be precautionary, that just doesn't add up to me, the fact that he's missed so much time and the fact that he came back from the elbow, which was sore. He even said after practice one day he feels he's 100% now, and all of a sudden he starts throwing it on again, and it hurts. Like that's So are we just expecting that to like magically get fixed sometime soon? I, I'm not, and that means he's not going to be practicing. He's not going to be playing. I don't think that's good. Uh, it, it means you're probably going to have to keep another quarterback on the roster what do you want to say here, James? You're, you're, no, you're no, 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 no. Oh, I'm just enjoying. I'm, I'm enjoying. Like, I, I can't believe. Very much that, engaged. I, well, it's. I can't believe that BLG is saying things that are even remotely positive about Nick Foles. This is like a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> oh yeah, here. get it in while you can. <laughs> uh, but Matt McGloin can't be that guy. Um, the other thing with Foles is that, and the frustrating part about this whole backup quarterback situation, I wrote about it yesterday in BleedingGreenNation.com, and some people are like. Oh yeah, well, it's only the backup quarterback situation, you know. If if he if Wentz goes down, we'll be screwed anyway. And if that's the case over sixteen games, and it's like Wentz is out for the season, God forbid. Yes, but if it's only four games, you should expect the Eagles to have a good backup quarterback. You know why? Because they're paying eight point six million to. But it's not funny money. Both it's not monopoly combined to the real dollars. Chase Daniel is not even on the roster. And Nick Foles, and neither of them might be able to contribute. That's a big problem. Oh, yeah, I've just, oh, <laughs> it's more than we're paying. It's like double what we're paying once, right? And yeah, like, yeah, mean, exactly. On. You're just like holy cow. Uh, and you know, in to say that the even in those four games, and I even hate to admit this, he helped the Chiefs get to the playoffs last year when Alex Smith went down. You know, I mean, he ran a he ran the offense. They didn't do anything wrong. They relied on their defense. It's oddly the same, similar situation that. That it is here. There's familiarity with that and with Doug being there. And to bring another guy in at this stage, you know, you're just talking, well, like, well, I don't know, you know. So I, I, I think that it's a, it's a, it's definitely something to watch throughout the next couple of seasons. I'm not overly, or seasons, next couple of weeks. I don't, I'm not as overly concerned that he's, you know, not playing in preseason uh, based on reps or anything like that. Like he knows what's going on, but. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, if he's hurt, what what's what do what do the Eagles do? Well, that, we'll get to that in a second. Great point, though, because oh, I think yeah. I think the KC thing is important because look, I mean, not only did Foles do all right when he filled in, but he knows the offense. He knows what Doug Peterson's trying to do. Obviously, he knows what Andy did. Like he's a perfect kind of easy fit in there, especially with the you know aforementioned weapons we talked about before. And all I'll say is like I, you know, I'm a big baseball guy. I know our producer Jack Fritz, a big baseball guy. Sore elbows are no joke. Like, mm-hmm. sore elbows very often lead to bad things. Like, if you hear a pitcher who has a sore elbow, he's probably getting Tommy John surgery. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and uh, there's a guy whose arm is his career, arm is his life. I, I, am, I am a lot more nervous about this than the tenor of conversation has made it seem people are. Yeah, because, all right, so you have Dane Evans, who 
has played uh, eight minutes at a time through the last three games. Did maybe I tell even you less what Mike Mayock said about Dane Evans when he came on the midday yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Didn't even watch him. Didn't, <laughs> he even, watch didn't even watch him in college. Mike yeah. Mayock. He's like, he wasn't even on Mike Mayock's radar out of college. Uh, because he also made his wide receivers worse. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a big deal of why that you don't want to turn on the tape for that guy. Um, oh, by the way, officially, uh, college football is, is back right now. It is uh, oh. just kickoff, I think, for the whack or somebody. So, uh, so I'm, I'm getting excited for that as well. But uh, I, I think there is, you know, like, what would you do in that situation? If Nick Foles can't go week one, can't go week two, and what are we talking about here? Now, I know what, listen, <laughs> I, I think I would be on board for Colin Kaepernick if I knew that he was going to stay here the entire year. If they didn't make the decision, is this like, this elbow's just too bad and we got to move yeah. on. That's fine. If it's going to be a short-term thing, uh, you know, it, whatever. Just go find somebody that's not going to be completely awful and and move on and and you know have Wentz back there and ready. I, but if it's worse than that, I am all aboard Colin Kaepernick train as a backup here. Politics aside, I don't really care. I don't care if he was protesting pro-life on the field. I don't give a crap about the politics. I care about the football player. Care about the football talent. You can have all the arguments in the world about how he's not a starter. He's definitely a backup level, and he's way better than Nick Foles. Sorry. Like, that's not even a question for me. I would have him run this offense. No problem. And for those people who want to say he's a distraction, no, he's not. No, he's not. He, how is he a distraction? Not the, with the three guys in the locker room with Torrey Smith, Malcolm Jenkins, and Chris Long. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, yeah. And Torrey Smith, too, being his former teammate. Like, those guys, you know, they've stood up for Colin Kaepernick. They've stood up in, like, specifically doing what he's doing and and replicated that. I think he fits into this locker room. Um, I'm not saying they have to go out and sign him today. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I, well, they, the Eagles still have some time to figure this false thing out and determine how bad it is. But it should be a real option that's considered. Because look, for those people who want to say, "Oh, you can't sign Kaepernick," look at some of these other free agent quarterback options out here right now. You've RG three, of Ooh. course. Obviously, I'm sure everyone's to bring him in. <laughs> um, Christian Woo-hoo. Ponder, Zach Mettenberger, Aaron Murray, like. Do you really want those guys? No. Aaron no. Murray, I forgot I mean, that's, about him. That's Matt McGloin, right? I mean, that's yeah, just doing Matt McGloin exactly. again. It's a great point. I mean, the big question is really how bad is the elbow, but I think you both make a great point that if this is something, look, if it's two weeks, if you're like, all right, Foles will be back in a couple weeks, you just keep McGloin on the roster or whatever, and you and you, sure. you pray and that's that probably you know, what they'll do. Yeah. nothing happens. But um, if it's if, if Foles it needs surgery, if it's season, whatever injured it is. reserve, something yeah, like that. Yeah, reserve. I, I don't see how you don't go out and sign Colin Kaepernick. I understand the whole, you know, thing around it, but like he makes your team better. Like what what are we doing here? And Tory Smith essentially said the same thing with Peter King on the MMM on the Triple M QB podcast here. You can't say it's a distraction, but it's only because of the media. But when the media leaves, that that's it. That's the distraction. That hour or however long they get in the locker room, that's the distraction. You know, you're not on the field and you're like, you know, Cap's calling a play, and you're like, man, I'm gonna take a knee right now. You don't think about that when you're on the field. And that's just and that's essentially what you have to remember here too. I mean, like. Like aside from all the different protests, and look, listen, I know we're all sick and tired of talking about this thing, and it's gone on for a year, and people are going to say whatever they want about the political side of all this, and, and it, it's exactly what it is. I don't care. How about that? I don't care what it represents or what he does. I care about the football player. That football player makes this team better. I would be all about it m- moving forward because, again, like I said, it's 
like think of just the different dynamics there too, where you're just you you know you you're running those different wrinkles of of what we're talking about. And yeah, sure, he's not the most accurate guy in the world, and neither is Nick Foles. That's what I'm saying. So if you have the, the thread of the legs and have that kind of boost that's through there, and it's a little different and not too much different than what you're running with Carson Wentz, great. Fantastic. I think that would be uh, 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 for an organization that is given uh, a second chance to Michael Vick. And let me be clear here, Colin Kaepernick doesn't need a second chance or whatever because he's done really nothing wrong. But to display his football talent again, I think it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Cap Vick thing. I mean, and and Michael Vick, you know, he's done his time on stuff, but he killed dogs. So, you know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, Colin Kaepernick we, took we a knee. We accept domestic for, violence guys a, a lot in the in the NFL. Like, it's just yes. whatever. I'm, I, I, and that's not the discussion I want to have no. either. I'm just trying to talk about the football player. Well, and the football player part, like, look, I know it's overblown, and I know it was a scheme thing, and Jim Harbaugh's a great coach, and people didn't have, you know, tape on him and all that stuff, but, like, Colin Kaepernick's ceiling is almost winning the Super Bowl. Like he, and again, he's not that type of quarterback. But and to be fair, so was Mark Sanchez right, at one th- point. Very yeah. fair point. Yes, he got to the AFC Championship game twice. But the point being that Colin Kaepernick can play football. Like he might not be the best. He's clearly got a lot of issues, but he is more talented, like way more talented than the names that Brandon just read off. Absolutely. And the and, ones that are on the team. And Nick Foles. Behind him. And yes. just his, like, think about it ability-wise, too. Like, things he can do. Maybe he's not the best, most accurate passer, things like that. At least he can run around a little yep. bit. Like, I would take a backup who could do that as opposed to Matt McGloin's 16 career rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think those are a little bit underrated. Let's go to Joe real quick in Huntington Valley. Joe, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Um, yeah. I know that I... Good. Um, what was Colin Kaepernick's record last year? Uh, I don't know what was Tory Smith's because uh, <laughs> it, it was the same. What's Matt McGloin's record? Lane Gabbard, Lane Gabbard yeah. played too. Sixteen, that's, that's, sixteen and four uh, as far as like had, touchdowns, interceptions. If he can thrive in the simple scheme that was presented to him, he can't read anything above five yards. You know, he you went, put, what are you talking about? He went to the Super Bowl. He was winning the in the Super Bowl, like it, like. Matt, that was then. He had he had Chip Kelly. We're talking about a backup role. We're talking about a backup role. What is what, what was Nick Foles' record last year? You <laughs> have to change. You have to change your scheme for Colin Kaepernick. You no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. Dogs. You have to do. You have to do on, less guys. less than that. You just have to make him throw a lot less. Yeah. That's it. He can't throw. That's, I just said you just have to make him throw a lot less. Neither can Matt McGloin. Yeah, Matt McGloin can't throw. And then, and then who's going to be his backup when he gets killed? Dane, Dane Evans. And then you're really in trouble. That's then the your point. season's done. Yeah. It's, listen, it's, it's listen, a comparison. The reason why nobody picked him up is because nobody wants to change their scheme for a backup quarterback. It's because they don't want the headache that Chip they Kelly, think he brings. Chip, Chip, Kelly, Chip, Kelly, Chip Kelly Let's ran nothing. Let's be honest hey, about hey, what's hey, happening all here. Is talk, all this is is talk for you guys. Oh, he says that. Admit it. The man's not a quarterback anymore. Let him. What is it? Then what is he? What are this you is talking so about? I, whatever. I know you're, that's always going to happen when you when you bring this up, but like, and that's our fault too. Like, you yeah, know, like, just, whatever. I, if you're gonna, I, I just, like, it's a backup role. We're talking about a backup role for a guy. Like, you want to, you know, have that as a different starter, or you got to completely change your offense. What are we looking at? Like, honestly, if we're if we're having a football discussion on yes. on that. Then, then we there are so much other things that get tackled in there, and I know that's what kind of happens. But I don't know. I, I'm I'd be much in favor of it. I know that there are a lot of like <laughs> owners who say they're okay and they're not. But uh, 
it's uh, it, it, whatever. I, I would I would definitely do that here. I think especially for the locker room that they're in, it makes a ton of sense if Foles has long term issues moving through there. So uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that and then uh, some other fun predictions and things like that too. 888-729-9494. You can text us there as well if you can't get through the lines and at BGN underscore radio, which is right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I just think if you're at the point of having a conversation about Colin Kaepernick, he's like, oh, I can't even have him as a backup on my team. Whew. You've reached that point of whatever you're kind of holding on to. Colin Kaepernick, the football player, as a backup with Philadelphia Eagles, makes a ton of sense. If Nick Foles has a long-term thing, and that's what we were discussing just beforehand, we don't want to make it a whole big, long ordeal because we know it just kind of flies off the handles. Much like a previous caller, kind of, kind of get in there and did and in in whatever. But uh, Colin, Colin Kaepernick is not a quarterback, John. In case you didn't yeah, know yes, that, he sudden, is not one. Suddenly, so. he's he's anything but. Uh, let's go to Darren real quick in South Philly, and then we'll get to the rest of the calls. Darren, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I must say, this is the first time I've heard you guys on the radio, and I like you guys. I don't hear you too often because I'm normally at work. Your comment about Colin Kaepernick is by far the most genius thing I've heard because I've said this back when we gave. Nikki Six, his contract, why didn't we just bring him in as a backup? As a football player alone, he makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, and like uh, what like uh, Tory Swiss says, it's not like he's going to take a knee in the middle of the field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought that like, was hilarious. Yeah. Great line. Yeah, and it's true. The like, craziest listen. thing I've ever heard. Like, if you're going to give Michael Vick, who killed dogs, if you want to give Greg Hardy a contract who beat on women, why can't you get the guy who's trying to make a statement about uh, injustice in America a chance? He didn't do anything wrong. He doesn't need a second chance. He should be playing football. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He doesn't need a second chance or anything. I think he just needs to get on the field to show that he still kind of kind of has it. You know, people just automatically think that it's it's disappeared. And look, and to that, I'll also say that the market was really thin even before all this happened. When you know there was a 12 million dollar guarantee, they weren't sure what they were going to do with them uh, in San Francisco. And and I get that point too. But like, there's that's why it's so up in the air. Like. There was one offer on the table. What it was, Denver that he was eventually going to go to, and then that kind of fell apart because they couldn't agree on money and terms and things like that. So there, there, I, I get that side of it too. But at this point, like, guy wants to play football, <laughs> let, let him play football. It's not, you know, it's it's not that hard of a concept there. Turned down his option, right? Uh, yeah, he did. He he turned down his own option. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Like, the guarantee like, because he was going to make twelve million dollars. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You didn't even really get rid of him because they know they needed him. Yeah, exactly. He turned down an option. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Darren. We appreciate the call, buddy. Yeah, and that's where it's just, you know, I, I <laughs> man, I, I can't believe that people just can't look at 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. For the first time, I thought in his career, protected the ball quite well in a simple offense, in a whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think that it's to the point now where it would make a – it almost – I kind of almost hate the fact that Nick Foles is here and he's not like type of type of feel because he's a better football player. It's just true. Yeah, he certainly gives you a lot more versatility, a lot more options than Nick Foles. Like, yeah, sure, Nick Foles probably has a better arm than Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick pretty much does everything else better. So, you know, and and again, they're not going to ask him to, you know, do more than he can. Uh, real quick, just a, way off topic from all that. The Patriots have now released uh, Coney Ely. 
<laughs> no. Yeah, they they said see. Would they give up a second rounder or a yeah, third rounder that, from last year. See, season? that's what I, when when we really? when we talk about okay, is it going to work? No, it's not, and that's what's going to cost. Like even if you made a mistake in trade value, like the New England Patriots just did, and much like we're talking about Donnell Pumphrey, if you just look at it and go, not going to work. Move on. Well, and also that's to, how quick they make decisions there. And also to the the Bill Belichick never makes mistake people. Can we? Yeah, you know? well, that's a huge mis- <laughs> That's a huge mistake. A big that's miss, a right big there. Big miss. When you're trying to go nineteen and zero, sometimes you get a little carried away with yourself. <laughs> Let's go to John real quick. John, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hello? Hey, what's up, John? Yes, I want to ask you guys a question. What's the infatuation with Nelson Aguilar? Guy's been here two years and has done nothing. Why <laughs> is he guaranteed a spot on his team? Well, they traded Jordan what, what Matthews. Is he, what, is he, what has he done? What be great in practice? No, no. I can't, I can't. I mean, like, I can't answer that, but that's it. <laughs> you can't cut him financially, too. It costs yeah. more money to cut him than to keep him. Well, what is he? You have to keep him. You have to keep him I mean, financially. Why not? I mean, point, yeah. You're losing more money to get rid of him. Yeah, that's well, essentially I, he, why he's still on the team. He's just wasting a roster spot. You're gonna cut a player that can play like you know one of these young wide receivers. They're not somebody though, really. You can't even throw to him. He's never open. Yeah, They're, but John, been here two years. John, been here that's two a, years. They've done nothing. You're talking about cutting Greg Ward for him or something. I mean, you well, know, you let's not get carried like away he's here. Like he's Jerry Rice. He hasn't yes, done anything Yes, that is. In a, two uh, you years. are correct. If you have listened to me talk on this radio station many times, I've said All Nelson us, Aguilar, the yeah. next Jerry Rice. He is. He is actually better than Jerry Rice in my mind. When so. is he going to show it? No, I think James is being a little sarcastic there, John. Yeah, yeah. No, we we we're with you on that aspect of it. It's just like you know, they're. But he's almost like he's guaranteed a spot when he does nothing. He doesn't earn anything as far as he should have been cut two years ago. Yeah, maybe. Well, they could. Again, it's just it comes down to money. Like that's why more more or less they want to see it's your first round pick from three years ago. Now you want to see if you can get anything out of him. You've moved his role over you. He's changed his number. He's got a new haircut, all of the, uh, you know, the symptoms of, okay, this is going to be a new player. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm still going to be here and, and I'm still on the wait and see if he can yes. give you a something train. And I think last year we all definitely said that he, he makes the team worse if he's on the field. So that's why you jettison the money and just get out of this thing and move on. But if he's in a different role and, and you're expecting, you know, three, 400 yards, 500 yards, 600 yards, I think that's fine. I just think they should have given him number 80 so he can actually be Jerry oh, Rice. Oh, yeah, there like you he's go. Perfect. To, so that's that was exactly a mistake right. there. But. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in this afternoon. And uh, we've got, you know, uh, what's it, Robin Tank coming up next? I believe so, yes. Excellent. That's fantastic. And uh, final thoughts as we're going around here and uh, throwing a, a fight prediction if you'd like, BLG. iTunes, BGN Radio, five-star review. Leave a rating and a review. And as far as fight prediction, Conor McGregor knocks out Floyd. Whoa! <laughs> uh, I, I want you to be right so bad. I think Mayweather will win. I think that he will win on a decision because he will just dance around, and mm-hmm. that'll be it. Uh, my final thought we said it before. Don't do your fantasy drafts before the last week of preseason. What is wrong with Turtle? Turtle, I'm coming for you. It's Man. all your fault that I lost Julian Edelman. I'm, why are we drafting August 21st? This is silly. It's silly. Don't do it. There will be more people uh, getting into fights in, uh, uh, as they're watching the fight, and that will probably be more entertaining than the actual fight, but I'm still going to pay for it and watch it anyway because I'm too curious and they suck me in. So uh, we appreciate everybody hanging out. Thank you to Sue Schilling on the updates. Jack Fritz behind the glass. I am John Barchard for James Seltzer, Brandon Gown. This has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Peace.